This is the Gospel and Mental Health Podcast. We are the Morgans, and we believe that by incorporating the Gospel of Jesus Christ, we can build better relationships, improve our mental health, and become better people. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Gospel of Mental Health with David and Kristen Morgan. Hello. Glad to have you here with us and uh, grateful to be recording another podcast. We talked in our last one how we were going to do these a little more frequently, and I think it's been about a month. <laughs> so it's progress. That's more it's frequently progress. than a year between this one, our last one and the one before that. So, But Kristen has some great ideas uh, today, which is uh, kind of uh, timely. We live in Washington state and we just got news um, that our state is kind of locking down again for the next month. Uh, they're going to restrict like no eating out and uh, at least, a lot of least, significant. Yeah. Not going into restaurants. Um, not having people over outside your home. Yeah. Yeah. You're outside your household. So yeah. We so, literally just heard the news. Yeah. So kind of back to where we were in March and April, not quite as bad. We just not no shelter in place order, but, um, you know, it's definitely a step backward. So we wanted to talk a little bit of, we already planned on talking about some things about uh, the pandemic. Uh, Kristen is entitled this one, Emerging from the Pandemic, a Better Person. Yeah. Well, I love, I, when the when this all started, I remember having this thought that I don't want to just sort of suffer through <laughs> the pandemic, that I feel like it's an opportunity that the Lord's giving us um, in some way to emerge a better person. And so what does that look like? And what can that look like um, in the middle of, you know, something that is very difficult for most of the world? And Kristen kind of had that uh, um, from the very beginning. I mean, even back from originally in March, she was very positive and was like, you know, we'll, we'll use this to get better. And I was the opposite. I was negative at the outset. And I was like, I thought, okay, we just need to get through this. I remember my, uh, my, uh, the way my business operates changed quite a bit. Um, and I was talking to some of the people I contract with and I remember writing, sending some emails in March, uh, or I think it was in April saying, okay, we have to adjust things for April, but I'm sure things will be back, uh, normal in March or in May or in June. And here we are in November with kind of no end in sight, at least to the changes to my business, um, probably not till the middle of next year to kind of get back to normal. So it took me a few months to kind of get on with this feeling of, okay, this is going to last a long time. And instead of just hanging on and trying to, uh, you know, grit my teeth until it's over, I need to kind of accept that this is happening. And, and obviously there, um, you know, the pandemic will end, but this has application for difficulties in our lives because this isn't the last major difficulty that any of us are going to suffer through. We're going to have things that happen. Things happen before the pandemic, things will happen after the pandemic, and you don't notice it in everybody's lives, but sometimes they're going through their own kind of individual COVID-19 stressor in their particular life. And, and what do you do? How do you make it through those things without giving up? Exactly. I was on my morning walk this morning. So that's one of the things that's kind of come out of <laughs> the pandemic for me was a daily walk. And I tried to 
um, always kind of start my walk with something spiritual. So either listening to a podcast or a conference talk. Um, and then after that's done, sort of pausing and, and taking the time to stop in you know, think and ponder and pray as I'm walking. And this morning I was listening to Elder Holland's most recent address from the, the October conference. And just this phrase jumped out to me and he said, um, I suggest that one's life cannot be both faith-filled and stress-free. And so I thought a lot about that this morning as it relates to our current situation and that, you know, this idea that, that what we're in is building our faith, if we allow it, the opportunities there, we don't always take the opportunity. Well, you had a really good idea when we were talking the other day, I think it may have been something that you heard um, someone who was talking about the, uh, the Jaredites and how they got um, from Jerusalem, or they, I guess they weren't in Jerusalem, sorry, from the Tower of Babel to the new world and they had to cross the ocean. So tell them what you were thinking about with that. Uh, yeah, so it was it was actually kind of a come follow me support article that I think was in the Ensign uh, this month, if I remember correctly. But the talk was about, or the article was written about mental illness, actually, and about a man who um, had struggled significantly for a long period of time with kind of acute anxiety and panic attacks and some severe depression, and that he was, you know, dealing with, with all of that and trying to get through it and just kind of seeing no end in sight. And during the course of that happened to um, study in the book of Ether, the story of the Jaredites and this idea that the, the very thing which caused them so much trouble, right. Is, which is the storms. So they're going to have to cross a large body of water um, and, and remember, they so they were in barges. They weren't in sailboats or anything. So they were just in kind of these self-contained barges. And the only way that the, I guess the only natural way the Lord could get them across was to cause like this wind to blow nonstop for right. almost a year. And so when wind blows in the ocean, that creates waves and those sort of things and creates storms. And so they're basically in the middle of pretty much this year long storm. Right. And what's interesting, if you know the story of, of the Jaredites with these, these barges that were created very specifically, and they were instructed, right, to be tight, like a, like a dish. And we know from what we read that, so those were airtight and the answer that, that, that God gave them not to get too far off track, but to solve the problem of them not having air was to create basically corks, right? Like in the top and in the bottom, which is interesting. And, uh, and so they would unstop, you know, the top so that air could get in and then stop that back up, you know, so that the water wouldn't get in. But what I find fascinating about that is that they were in the top and the bottom, which alludes to this idea that they probably were turning over. Mm -hmm. So here they are in these <laughs> boats. So it's not just, you know, a storm that's sort of battering them like from the sides or, you know, waves crashing over. I mean, it's literally like they're turned over and upside down throughout this journey. So, yeah. So then, so this fellow was just basically saying how the the wind that caused the difficulty was the same wind that caused them to reach their destination, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was both their trial and exactly the answer to the trial <laughs> all at one. And I, I just think that's applicable to what we're experiencing now. Yeah. 
Well, one of the things that I often talk about um, when I talk about issues with the gospel and mental health is that um, we're not mental health challenges are basically our opportunities for growth. And we view them as the curse. We view them as, oh, if I if I just didn't have this in my life, then I'd be fine. It'd be like the Jaredites saying, if this wind would just stop blowing, we'd be fine. And that's true. And they'd be about, you know, 40 miles off the coast of India or wherever they took off from. I mean, they, they wouldn't nearly be close to South America, wherever they landed. So it, it's in the challenges that we get moving um, Elder Uchtdorf in the in the uh, October General Conference, October 2008, I'm sorry, 2008, what am I saying? October 2020, <laughs> um, the most recent General Conference, he talks about the pandemic, and I really love what he says here. He says, my message today is that even um, though this pandemic is not what we wanted or expected, God has prepared his children and his church for this time. We will endure this, yes. But we will do more than simply grit our teeth, hold on, and wait for things to return to the old normal. We will move forward, and we will be better as a result. In a way, we are seeds, and for seeds to reach their potential, they must be buried before they can sprout. It is my witness that though at times we may feel buried by the trials of life or surrounded by emotional darkness, the love of God and the blessings of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ will bring something unimaginable to spring forth. I really love that. Um, it, he talks about we're not designed to return to the old normal. Uh, President Nelson in that same general conference talked about the new normal, right. that we should develop a new normal as as uh, saints. And I love Elder Ruchdorf's comment about the seed. And not only does it have to be buried to bring forth fruit, it has to be broken. Right. That seed has to be buried and then busted in half in order to release its potential. And so you think about, well, the same goes for us, right? <laughs> right. So we're just being buried and busted in half right, right now <laughs> to reach our potential. Well, and, and that's kind of the way it is going to be throughout our lives. The Lord, if, if you just take a seed and place it very carefully on your shelf and leave it there, nothing's going to happen. That seed right. is going to sit there. It'll be exactly the same as it was when you put it there, but it's not going to unleash its potential. But that seed could become an apple tree or an orange tree or a beautiful rose or something like that. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, true confessions here. I think often for myself, I like a very even keel. I don't like a lot of waves. I don't like, I, I just like, I like everyone to be happy and, you know, I want everything to be fine and I want, you know... I, which I guess is most of us and we don't want all these worries. And it just really struck me as you shared that quote, I think yesterday on Instagram and, and Facebook. And then today, as I was listening again to that, to Elder Holland's talk, that that's really not how we're designed for growth is we have to have these hard things to push, a, push against. And I mean, we do have to be that seed that becomes broken in order to become something better. And I think, Often, and I think especially now, it can be um, really easy to just be the broken seat. <laughs> just just look at that part and not look forward to what's what what's going to come of all of this. Yeah, yeah. There's obviously great things ahead. I was doing a fireside for my sister-in-law's uh, ward, their their youth, the other night, and after I was talking with some of the adults who stuck around and just talking about um, just the difficulties involved in life. And, and I thought about the parable of the talents 
where you have the individual that gets five talents, the one that gets two, and the one that gets one. And if you remember from that, they, the, both with the five and the two, they both doubled the amount of talents that they had. They ended up with 10 and with four. And they received the exact same blessing when the Lord comes to account uh, for their acts. And in order to improve those talents, talents were money back then. So in order to get 10 from five, you had to do something with it. You had to go out and maybe invest it or buy some raw materials and build something and then sell that at a you know, higher cost or whatever it was. And so each of those individuals risked to gain the extra. The one that had one was so worried that he was going to lose his one that he just buried it. And then when the Lord came back, he says, well, here's the one talent you gave me. But he did not receive the blessing. In fact, he was condemned for what he had done because he said, you should have taken this and made more of it. So I wonder with the pandemic, you know, we're over here going, okay, this is where this is who I was in early March 2020. And then when this thing is over someday and we go to the Lord and we say, okay, I'm just the same as I was. I didn't lose any ground. I didn't gain any ground. Here's my one talent. You know, I, I buried myself for say yeah, 16 months. my teeth and held on. Exactly. And and now I'm, and I'm the same way. And I wonder if the Lord might say, oh, well, okay, but that was a missed opportunity. You, sure. you had the chance to do something with this time. So Chris has come up with some really great ideas and what we can do during this, um, during this pandemic, maybe what we can and what we should and what we shouldn't do in order so that when this is over, so that we are uh, not just the same way, don't have, just have the same one talent as we did in early 2020, but that we've grown. Yes. So, yep, five five sort of practical suggestions for helping us come out, maybe the apple tree and not just the buried seed, right? Or the seed on the shelf. Or the seed on the shelf, yeah. even worse. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even get buried. All right. So the first one that seemed apparent to me was this idea of looking for the blessings. And I I personally felt that from the beginning that it was important, especially to um, sort of share that message with our children. So most of our children are, are grown and out of the house. We only have Kennedy is our last of six and she's a senior. But I just saw early on that there were lots of big sudden changes um, in our children's lives and that it was important to try to look for some of those blessings. And so one of the things that I've personally done is I keep a journal and I write in it most days. And in each of my journal entries, I put three amazing things that happened that day. And I'm not going to lie, some days it's a little tricky to find three, but I've noticed that the more that I've done that, the more apparent it's become to me that there really have been blessings that are coming out of, you know, these last oh, eight months, I guess. By the way, that's such a good strategy. I recommend that to anyone who's listening. Um, write down the good things that happened that day and like three amazing things or two amazing things or even one amazing thing, but, but uh, come up with something every day. That's, that's such a good idea. Oh, and it shifts your focus, right, from the things that are going wrong to the things that are going good. But I'm curious, what are some of the blessings you've seen? Oh, from see, that's so I don't write down three amazing things every day, so it'll be <laughs> harder for me to come up with. Um, I, I've definitely had more time on my hands, which uh, mm-hmm. has been, um, you know, got a, I was traveling a lot for work before, and I hope to be able to travel again, just because I'm able to be more productive and. Um, and uh, grow my business when I do that. Right now, for as far as the business is goes, I'm just kind of hanging on. 
because um, there's not a whole lot I can do to grow it at this time. Right. I have been able to connect with um, some people to do some online firesides and, and that's been a blessing. And I've also had more time to do some writing and have another book I'm working on. So um, that, that's been good. And I think if things had just been normal right now, I, I probably wouldn't have had enough um, as much time or initiative to do that. So, yeah, I mean, the blessings are clearly there in terms of, um, you know, how, how our lives have been blessed as a family. And but you have to look for them. They generally speaking, they don't just jump up and and uh, manifest right in your face. You got to go looking for them. Well, and I was just going to say as well that it can be easy to you can either spin something as a positive or a negative. So, for instance, uh, you know, Kennedy's not in school. She's all remote learning. And basically everything that she was involved in, you know, theater, she was really big into theater and um, social. She had a lot of things going on. Um, so she doesn't have any of those things, which can be sad, but I've also been so grateful because we have had, uh, so much time with her and I feel like our relationship with her has really grown and grown closer because of, of that. Like she, you know, she's definitely home more. We spend a lot more time, you know, doing puzzles and yeah. talking and watching movies together, or, you know, eating dinner together, uh, those sorts of things. And to me, that's a blessing and probably a little extra sweet because it's our last one. <laughs> well, and, and we had uh, Parker home for about five months we did. of that. And the same thing, we were able to do a lot more things together, which was nice. With Parker, yeah, as well. And then, um, you know, our... Some of our older kids came, came home. With our grandkids. Spent, uh, some of my extended Jordan, time. Yeah, they stayed almost two months, which was really nice. Yeah. Number two is really tricky for me. <laughs> it's be flexible. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I believe that the more flexible we can be in our thinking, the less um, stress we will potentially encounter. But... You're told, and that's totally true. You know, there's, that's absolutely accurate. Um, and the only reason I said it's difficult is just because I am very, I'm a very rigid thinker, and so it's difficult for me to be flexible in my thinking. Um, but, but I acknowledge it as an extremely important skill for emotional resilience and uh, positive mental health. We just have to, um, if something has to be the same way all the time. It's, it's not a very good strategy because nothing's ever going to be like that. Th right. This is a disruption on the scale of which I don't think any of any human alive has experienced, at least for this extended period of time um, that's affected everyone worldwide. Sure. Uh, and, and I should say, I mean, obviously people have gone through a lot of disruptions. I don't mean to make light of that, but what I mean is in terms of it's what a I, common, I, I, one on a global scale, yeah, such a common, th there have been some, sure. you know, localized, you know, like, you know, famines and, uh, or maybe, you know, genocides and, you know, horrible, horrible things that have happened in living memory, but those things didn't affect the entire world. This has affected everyone everywhere. Um, and so something that we'll have in common for decades to come, we can all reflect on 2020, 2021 and, uh, and the effects that COVID-19 had. Um, but yeah, being flexible is super critical because that will, um, help you roll with the punches and say, okay, this is my plan. It's not working out, so I'll adjust course. Right. And um, so yeah, that's super helpful. And I think sometimes 
we struggle with being flexible because we want control. And I think the danger in a situation like this, which has so much that's out of our control, is that we kind of try to like hold on so tight and it ends up doing us a disservice. And so the more flexible we can be, I always think about like, you know, really we're here in the Northwest, these really tall, you know, fir trees that we have. And if you, you know, watch them in a storm, like their base is real solid, but the tops, you know, bend and sway and that's to prevent them from falling over. Right. If they were just so, so ramrod straight, they would break off and the whole tree would, would fall. But because there's flexibility there and the boughs, it allows them to withstand these storms. And so we have to have a, a solid base, you know, we're not all willy nilly with everything that we do, but we have to be flexible and move with those ch- these changes that we're that we're experiencing. So, Great example. Yeah, I love the idea of flexibility. Uh, so the third, don't dwell on what was lost. Right. So it, it's easy to look back and say, "Oh, these are here's all the things we couldn't do during this time." Right. Right. We we didn't have traditional graduations, and we didn't have we haven't had get-togethers and. We were planning weddings, trip. We had weddings. We were planning a trip to Disneyland in August that obviously didn't happen. So you can spend a lot of time thinking about what you did not, what you were not able to do during this time. And those are, that's going to bring feelings of disappointment and feelings of um, maybe um, even anger or um, I don't know, regret. Yeah. And, the, the problem with that is it's gone. I mean, August, the fourth week right. of August 2020 is gone. That's when we were supposed to be in Disneyland with pretty much our entire family. And that is gone. It is never coming back. And so I can spend time reflecting on that. Um, I remember uh, talking with a friend some time ago and he, um, some, there was, there had been a political thing uh, just in the recent past. And he was so angry at how uh, something had gone down. But it was over. I mean, the, right. the event had passed. There was no undoing it. You know, it was a it was a, it was a vote, and he was just super mad about how someone had voted. And I remember talking to him, and I was just saying, "Look, I understand you're angry, but this is done. Your anger doesn't change anything, and so you got to decide how you're going to spend today. You know, you can be angry all day today. You can be angry for the next year if you want, but your anger is not going to change right. that event in the past. And my sadness or depression is not going to change the fact that I didn't go to go to Disneyland in August 2020. Um, that's just the way that it is. And so we need to, the past really needs to be left in the past. We can reflect on it and we can learn from it. But if we are becoming bitter or depressed because of what we didn't have, what we didn't get access to, in a lot of ways, it's just wasted energy because it will that that energy does nothing for us. Absolutely. And that's not to discount that we can acknowledge that something's sad or that we missed out on something, but the sooner we can move past that. And I think that's especially um, needful when we're working with the youth right now. I see that with a lot of youth that have sort of missed out on some significant milestones, you know, that up to this point in their life are things that they've looked forward to. And I think the best thing that we can do with them is to help them sort of be forward thinking instead of just like you said, dwelling on, on the things that, that they've missed. Right. Like, you know, Oh, 
Remember how sad it was that you didn't get to have a graduation in 2019? Right. I mean, or, or your senior year is such a mess. Or... Was, yeah. It's, let's, let's leave that. Let's just say, hey, let's, what, what things can we look forward to? Absolutely. All right. Number four, consider using this time for self-improvement. So I love this idea because I love the idea. I'm always reading like self-improvement books or trying to learn new things. So I love this idea of how can we come out of this experience a better person? Yeah, that's um, one of the emotional resilience is kind of a, a topic that's been discussed for a while. The church just released a new um, self-reliance course on emotional resilience, which is excellent, by the way, if you have the opportunity to study it, the materials are online. Um, and someday we'll be able to do those classes in person. I think it should be required reading for every member of the church um, because it really is important. But resilience is the idea that not only are we able to withstand something um, but we're able to come out of it being better it's kind of like what elder Rupdorf was saying so back to that original point um, so you might find that you have more time on your hands we're gonna for these next four weeks there's not going to be a ton for us to do you know <laughs> right. we're not going to be going out to eat we're not going to be visiting with friends and things like that so what do we do right you know what do we do with that time and uh i've had that thought quite a bit, um, especially with my writing, because um, I know this time is going to come to an end when we will have, we'll go back to normal. And I've thought, I need to make sure I get something done between now and then, because I don't want it to be April 2021. And I'm getting my second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. And I look back at the year and I go, I didn't get anything done. Right. I, I, I don't have anything to show for what that year was. Um, to me, that would seem like a wasted opportunity. So we, we've got time. We've got probably at least another four or five months before a vaccine will be widely available, hopefully. So what are you going to do? What do you what's been on your mind that you'd like to improve and, and make a plan to do it? Absolutely. And there's so much that we can learn. I keep saying I'm going to learn Spanish. This is, hasn't happened yet, but um, she is going to learn. Spanish. I am going to learn yeah, Spanish. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we could get healthier. You could, you know, learn a new hobby. We could you know, become better ministering brothers or sisters. I mean, there's just, there's so many possibilities. And I think the Lord is blessing us. He's gifting us with time, which for so many of us prior to this was in short supply. Yeah. So the last uh, point is to have hope in the future. This is another really critical point uh, because you can choose. Um, the, the future is completely unwritten. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so you can have hope about that or you can have despair about that. Uh, and, and and it's just, it's, it's really just that simple. Um, if you go back and listen to the messages in the April 2020 and October 2020 general conferences, I defy you to find a talk that is pessimistic a talk that is glum, a talk that is more depressing than uplifting, you're not going to find it. And I would dare say, and, and look at President Nelson, for heaven's sake. I mean, here's a guy who's probably one of the most optimistic, hopeful people. Um, I think the, later this week, we're going to see a, a video. He's going to yeah, release a video, right? Yeah, I'm super excited about it next um, Tuesday. Yeah, no. I think. Or Thursday. Yeah, sometime this week, he's going to release a On video. On the 20th, whatever the day 20th. that is. <laughs> November 20th, he's going to release a video. And I can almost guarantee that it's going to be full of hope and um, optimism. And I, I would say that of all the people in the world, President Nelson probably has his finger on the future better than anyone. 
Right. I mean, he's he's one who has regular communication with the Savior, is probably constantly connected with the Holy Ghost. He's a prophet. He sees the future. And if he's hopeful, then why would we have any reason to be less? Absolutely. And towards the end of Elder Holland's talk that I referenced earlier, he says, when will these burdens be lifted? The answer is by and by. And whether that be a short period or a long one is not always ours to say. But by the grace of God, the blessings will come to those who hold fast the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just love that message because there is hope. There is good. There are good things to come. This will not last forever. We will become better people um, if we allow that to play out in our lives. And if we, we look forward with faith. So let's recap these um, five things real quick. The first one is to look for the blessings that are in your life. Second is to be flexible in your thinking and behavior. Third, don't dwell on what's lost. Fourth, consider using this uh, time for self-improvement. And fifth, to have hope in the future. Absolutely. And I just... I just so love this idea. I think that there are great things ahead of us and there are great things happening now if we if we look for them and we have that faith that by and by, you know, the good things will come. Yeah, it's all a matter of perspective. So, uh, and you have control over that. You have control of how you perceive things and, and the way that you, when you change your perspective, uh, you will find that your emotions will change. Um, so thanks everyone for listening today. Uh, hopefully we'll be back with another one fairly soon. If you have any questions, reach out to me or us on my website, www.ldspsychologist.com. You can find me on Instagram at LDS psychologist and on Kristen's Instagram at Morgan life advice. So we'll see you next time. Awesome. See you. Okay, bye-bye.